This is Tani Talks Radio, where we talk about a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. Talking about a topic that's not so easy, that's not so simple to fulfill, that's not commonplace for people. It doesn't really come to people so easily. It doesn't come to people so naturally. Talking about sickly visits, talking about Beaker Cholim, otherwise known as visiting the ill. There are some mitzvahs, at least for me, that are particularly difficult, not just due to the exertion involved, but due to the emotional toll as well, not just due to how hard it might be to accomplish it, but for how overall it might affect us as well. One of them, at least for me, is that of Beaker Cholim, visiting the sick, the sights, the setting, the sound, the smell of the hospital or the home. If someone is sick, may be overwhelming as well as the sheer amount of people along with the hustle and bustle and the like. It's easy for me to do many mitzvahs that come naturally for me personally, such as those of the nature involved in chesed, like achnasas or chamor tzedakah. But for me especially, even though this is a major chesed, this mitzvah really can be very hard. It's almost up there, low Elena. We should never know from such things as nicham avelam. That might be the hardest mitzvah for me. I'm not even talking about the chavre kadisha who have the minashamayim ability to be involved in being matahar and the mace, to being involved in purifying and getting the mace ready that's not even on my radar on any level. Those people are mamash sadikim. I'm talking about even on a much more toned out level, the funeral, the procession itself, very, very difficult. Bigger, you know, minacham aval, excuse me, very difficult for me personally. I myself lost my dad and brother much younger. So I was on the receiving end, and on the giving end, it's very hard for me. But even Biker Cholim, also for me, is very difficult, personally. You talk about Hachlachim, no problem. Giving people the shirt off my back, no problem. Just the other day, it was raining. My wife forgot to get something to cover Shaitel. I literally took off my shirt, gave it for her to cover, so no problem. Giving the shirt off your back might be easier to do, literally and figuratively, than being involved in Bavak or Cholim, or being involved in Nicham Avelim. These are difficult mitzvahs. How can we go about being involved in this mitzvah so that it could be easier? How can we do these mitzvahs, especially during turbulent times? Sepharia.org explains that in Judaism, visiting the sick, Bigger Cholm, is an important act of loving kindness, Gemilas Chasadim, or Hasadim, that requires one to provide physical or emotional support to someone who isn't feeling well. The question is, though, why is there sickness at all? Where did sickness come from? Queensvad.org points out that the Gemara in Baba Metziah, Pei Zion Amad Aleph, explains that until Yaakov Avinu, there was no sickness. We're going to look at the source itself in, a per- in person in a minute. God willing, Yaakov Avinu asked Hashem for Rachamim, and he became sick. Rashi explains that he asked that a person should become sick before he dies, so that he can instruct his children. The source for this explanation is the Pirkei de Rabbi Eliezer in Perak 52. The Pirkei de Rabbi Eliezer in 52 who says that from the time of creation until Yaakov's time no man would become ill. Prior to his death, indeed illness as such did not exist at all. There was no warning of a person's imminent demise. Rather, a person walking on the road or in the marketplace would suddenly sneeze and his soul would exit via his nostrils. Hence, had to take a drink, a sneeze was the precursor of death. Yaakov, however, beseeched Hashem for mercy, praying that his soul not depart suddenly from this world so that he would have time to instruct his sons before his passing. Hashem granted his requests, and from then on, people would take ill prior to their death. 
Therefore, when one sneezes, he is obligated to say Chayim, life, or Chayim. The Medrash Yilamdeinu says that someone else tells the person who sneezed Chayim, or Chayim. Baba Metziah 87a shows it in person until Yaakov there was no illness leading up to death. Rather, one would die suddenly. Yaakov came and prayed for mercy. Illness was brought to the world, allowing one to prepare for his death, as it is stated. And it was said to that is the source for Yosef being told in my parsha, my favorite parsha of the whole Torah, my bar mitzvah parsha vayichi. Yeah, Yosef was told his father's dead, and how do we? Is dying? God forbid, dead. Your father is dying. Your father is sick. And he goes and gets ready to go to Yaakov. Yaakov is told that Yosef is coming by Yitzchazek Yisrael until that point. Yaakov didn't have the ability to sit up in bed by the fact that he heard that Yosef was coming. He already had more strength. He already had more ability to sit up in bed that teaches to us, that proves to us that Mavaka Cholim is able to take away a little bit of the sickness. They say in the Gemara and the sources that someone goes to me in Vivaka Chola takes away one sixtieth of death. How do we know this is true? Maybe this is our source in Vayechi, Vayeschazeg Yisrael, Vayeshevel Yaakov was strengthened just by the fact that he was told, someone told him, who knows who told him, that Yosef was coming. It's the first time sickness preceding death is mentioned in the Bible, in the Torah, until Elisha. One did not fall ill and then heal, as everyone who fell ill would die. Elisha came and prayed for mercy, and he was healed. Pirkei points out in 52, The fourth wonder was from the day when the heavens and the earth were created, no man was ill who sneezed and lived, but in every place where he happened to be, whether on the way or in the market. And when he sneezed, his soul went out through his nostrils until our father Yaakov came and prayed for mercy concerning this. And he said before the Holy One, Blessed be he, Sovereign of all the worlds, do not take my soul from me until I have charged my sons in my household. And he was entreated them, as it says, and it came to pass after all all these things that one said to Yosef. So it might be that when someone is under the weather, when someone is sick, when someone is not feeling well, it might be a good time to take an overall accounting of their life, to see what's going well, or to see what's not going well, God forbid, to think about the meaning, the purpose of life, how we are using our time, what we are doing to help those around us, to help the world in general, how to be involved in more mitzvahs and in more Torah learning, to be involved in the world, to do good for the world, to make the world a better place to think about, especially if we're under the weather. The Ish Rabbi points out, on H.com. The Talmud points out in Sota, Yadal Ramar Allah, 14a, and it relates that when God came to Avraham in Barashas, Parakid Chet, Avraham was recovering from the painful surgery of circumcision. Brismila at age 99. We find that, Yaak, that God does many things in the Torah through angels when it came to visiting the sick. No messenger would suffice. The Talmud explains just as God visits the sick, so too it is incumbent upon us to imitate God and visit the sick. As Maimonides or Rambam points out in Hilchos Avel, in Yudalin, in Shulchan Aruch, Yoradeh, 335, many Jewish communities have a bigger Cholim society, which ensures that sick people are visited regularly, that all their needs are attended to, food in the house, rise to the doctor, plus cheering up and companionship. Indeed, a person's psychological state in large part determines the recovery and state of health. 
When a person is sick, they want compassion. They want people to be sensitive to their needs, to help alleviate the discomfort, both physical and emotional. Just by being there, much good will be accomplished. You can spare someone from loneliness or be there to listen to them, take a burden off their chest, or just chatting with them distracts them from their condition and lifts their spirit. The Talmud of Baba Metziah 30 says that one who visits a sick person, we mentioned, takes away one-sixtieth of their illness. We can see that again, God willing, later. The idea is that your visit helps reduce, mitigate, or lighten the sick person's suffering. At times, visiting the sick may even be a matter of life and death. By visiting a person who is ill, you might be able to advise him about a doctor he should consult or obtain medication for him. Part and parcel of this mitzvah is to pray for the sick person's recovery. When one visits the sick, one should pray that God should heal him. Using the person's Hebrew name and mother's name, you should feel, you should heal, yada ben, yada. Along with all the sick people, as the court of Jewish law, Yoradea points out, it may only take the inspiration and heartfelt prayer of a close friend or relative to tip the scales in favor of a speedy recovery. We should never underestimate the power of prayer. It's also customary to seek to heal him. Kuf Chaf Aleph, very famous, Shirmalas. According to the Talmud, visits should not be made very early or late in the day, and one should not stay too long. God willing, we'll see the source. Also, can a person fulfill this mitzvah via telephone? According to most opinions, a phone call only suffices if there is no other option. However, if a person has the chance to pay a live visit, they may not discharge their obligation via telephone. Since visiting allows one to help the patient in more practical ways and has inherent concrete value, the question is, can you do Zoom? Can you do FaceTime? I think, especially when we had the pandemic, that, that the, like the corona, this Zoom or FaceTime actually would be a beautiful way to visit the person in a safe manner. And nowadays, if you live far away, other side of the world, Zoom and FaceTime could be a wonderful thing. Even if one finds the patient asleep, the visitor is still in fulfillment of the mitzvah as the patient will be informed about the visit after awakening, which will give them encouragement. As the Derech Sicha points out, Rabbi Yisrael P. Feinheindler in Avne Yashpe observes that even if the patient is a baby and not aware of anything, the parents are aware and certainly benefit tremendously from the support. Thus, the idea of bringing comfort is applicable even if not directly to the patient. Dr. Miller points out on H.com, visiting the sick, a bigger cholim in Hebrew, is a fundamental mitzvah. The Torah relates how God himself visited Avram when he was unwell. We talked about it in Barashas Yilchet. Consoling people who are in pain often requires no more than being there for them. It's the smallest gestures that say, I am here for you. Can I do anything for you? That helps us connect to others. In fact, the great Talmudic sage Rabbi Chama explained that when God visited Avram, he just inquired of his welfare. This was enough to comfort. All he did was come inquire how he was doing. That was enough to comfort him as well. Another drink. The author related how when a person didn't see someone in a long time. You run into an acquaintance you hadn't seen in some time. How's your mother doing? He asks. They were in a very noisy room, and she misheard. My dad's not so good, she shouted and told what was going on. There was so much she was concerned about, so much she needed to share that merely asking how she was gave her a much-needed avenue connect. For a moment, they were united, sharing and lightening the burden. Sometimes, you know, you ask people how they're doing. They don't really want to share, or the person asking really doesn't care for them to share. When I walk around the, the public schools, I work for the DOE, 
each morning I try to say, good morning, how are you, how you doing? And I like people to say how they're doing. And it would be fascinating to take a poll. How many people, how often really actually want to respond? You know, actually, I'm not so great. Actually, I'm frustrated. Actually, I'm upset. And you know, sometimes they actually say that. It's fascinating. Most times people say, I'm good. I'm good. I'm okay. Sometimes they don't even say it back, which is annoying. I like when people say it both ways. You know, oh, hey, shalom, shalom, we want it to be that everyone's involved in peace both ways. But how are you doing sometimes can really be an overflow of information. I walk into my office. The guy's sitting there. How are you doing, mister, today? Actually, I had a rough night. I didn't sleep so well. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I wish that you have a better night of sleep tonight. Sometimes you could ask how you're doing, and it's a precursor, and really you could share how you're doing. When you share and you talk about you lighten the burden, there's a way to do that. Also, regarding a sick person, sometimes people all over the world can add the names to synagogues' lists of sick members. You could list that. You could add it to WhatsApp. You can include the name for groups of women to say Tehillim for Psalms. They can make a commitment to start lighting candles in the honor and the merit. The you could talk about how. You could learn Torah in the merit of the person, in merit of their recovery. It's some beautiful ways that you can do things for different people. It could be a catalyst for good, a catalyst for giving them amazingness in this world. Sometimes, some people in different situations, you know, can cook Shabbos dinner. You know, there was a rotation many times in my town in Long Island where people do things and they say, oh my gosh, someone needs something, someone needs something, let's cook, let's find a rotation, they can't do it. And, you know, you could do what you can what you could do when you are involved in different things. Sometimes you could even bring a meal, drop off a meal for Shabbos, and how beneficial, how helping that would be as well, how helpful that would be as well. Some suggestions for connecting with others are as follows, especially from H.com, Dr. Miller. Let other people take the lead. Often all it takes is asking, how are you doing to help people open up and to share their burden? Spend time with people, even just sitting down with someone and sharing a cup of tea is enough to make people less alone, especially in a hospital, especially in a nursing home, especially if they're in difficult times, especially if they're alone there. Realize that you don't have to perform. There is nothing magical you can say to make people's problems go away. Showing you care is enough to help lighten their load. Little gestures can make a big difference. Sometimes a person will never forget that cup of cappuccino a friend delivered in the hospital. You don't need to go it alone. You don't need to do it alone. When comforting people, get your community to help you. Even if it means organizing prayers, organizing Torah learning, organizing community meals, organizing babysit for the family, babysitting for the family, organizing toys for the family, similar simple things that can be done to help them is wonderful. Giving others the chance to help means you can be that much more supportive of people in need. H.com points out, from author Ria Bachner, our sages teach that one of the deeds for which we receive rewards in both this world and the world to come is Biker Cholim, visiting the sick, because by doing so, we remove, as the Gemara pointed out to us, one-sixtieth of the person's illness. Though visiting a sick person does not guarantee a cure for their illness, the visit itself is a bomb for the one in pain. Even just for the duration of the visit, they are relieved to some degree from knowing that someone cares enough to come and see them. It didn't matter if they were popular and wasn't, or if they're officially friends or not. By by reaching out, you can you can really seize on a great opportunity. And by neglecting to reach out, you really can lose on a large opportunity, larger than you may even realize. One of the most amazing organizations is that of Satmar Beker Cholam, who has well-stocked rooms in different hospitals 
especially in North Shore, which is now called Northwell, and Long Island, where we had our kids. When our kids were born and I went to visit the room, I remember being blown away by the sheer magnitude of what the modest-sized room actually held. The room not only had prepared food ready to heat up meals in a fridge and in a microwave and a, a warmer convection thing, but also non-perishable food items, books, sephorim, a couch, coffee machine, a microwave, sedurum, talus, prayer shawl, tefillin, the phylacteries, and much, much more. The thought and the care that went in and go into that room is mind-blowing. To think of everything someone might need in the hospital, literally warmed then and warms now my heart just thinking about it. Wikipedia explains that Satmar Biker Cholam, also known as Biker Cholam de Satmar or Ladies Biker Cholam de Satmar, is a New York-based nonprofit organization which aids Jewish people in New York hospitals. According to their website, they deliver 2,000, 2,000 meals to hospital patients every week. Satmar Biker Cholam was founded in 1956 by the wife of Rabbi Yoel Teitelbaum of Satmar Rebbitz and Fega Teitelbaum together with Gittel Khan in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Food was prepared in Khan's kitchen and delivered to hospitalized Jews in the area. The organization has gained a reputation of helping all Jews, regardless of their backgrounds or affiliations. Currently, the organization runs Biker Cholam rooms, rooms in hospitals that supply kosher food, including Chal Yisrael, milk, to patients and owns apartments located near hospitals for family members of patients to stay in. They also shuttle volunteers, visitors, and patients on a private bus line between Williamsburg and hospitals throughout New York City. Mind-blowing how beautiful it was and is to see such a beautiful thing. Adam Ross points out during the heightened era, area and era of the pandemic of corona, how people visited those sick with corona during those difficult times. There were people who visited in Hadassah Hospital in Israel in one of those Septembers during the pandemic. Volunteers who recovered from corona themselves, who brought gifts, wrapped food or candy, filling and more to patients with corona. Yad Avon put out the call to volunteers to step forward and with days a small team was formed, a team which grew to numbers over 30. Working in two shifts the whole week long, they ensured that the wards always had visitors. Volunteers entered the rooms with full personal protective suits, spent time with the patients throughout the day attending to a variety of their needs some patients were too sick to eat or too, too weak to eat on their own and needed help there were also elderly patients who couldn't operate a phone to call family members and some were just too weak to do so one volunteer used a mobile phone to dial video calls using skype for patients to see and speak to friends and relatives for patients who wanted to pray were too weak, volunteers helped them put on tefillin. On air of Rosh Hashanah during the pandemic, the volunteers geared up to ensure that the patients in Hadassah's four corona wards had everything they needed for the holiday. Apple and honey, someone to recite Kiddush and hear the shofar. It was complicated, a volunteer explains, because volunteers were not able to remove face masks in the wards, but they were able to leave the doors to the wards open while the shofar was blown outside. What a fascinating way to help visit people, sick people, even in crazy, turbulent times. What an inspiration to all the rest of us we could do in more regular times on our own small level. You know, there's many organizations. Also, High Lifeline is a beautiful organization. Kids of Courage is a beautiful organization. They have child, children. They have members who are sick, children members who have difficulties. High Lifeline running in the summer. We're in summer 2023, gearing up towards the end. They run a beautiful camp, Camp Hask, a beautiful camp. A lot of the members have special needs and difficult needs. Many people that deal with these kids are involved daily, constantly with Beaker Cholim. When you visit these kids in the hospitals, High Lifeline is very good at that. Other organizations very good at that. They're majorly involved in Bigger Cholam. I remember one Purim where I took my guitar and we went around to 
kids that were sick in the ward and we played and and we got them happy and jovial and, and jumping around what a small way tiny way to people to do that there are clowns that go around there are people that play music that go around people that play arts and crafts when my son broke his arm there were college students not even jewish that came around and did arts and crafts with him simple wonderful ways to help kids to be involved with kids those who are sick and those need help Chabad points out from Ruvena Grodinsky, there's also an interesting idea in New Jersey, the hospitals, of the concept of Shabbat in a box. For Jewish patients, patients in Essex and Morris counties in northern New Jersey, observing Shabbos in the hospital has become much easier, thanks to a little thinking outside the box, or perhaps in it as a part of a program called Shabbat or Shabbos in a box. The boxes include battery-operated Shabbos candles, a kiddush cup, grape juice, fresh challah, kosher snacks, information about Shabbos, and a note card colored by children in the community and have been distributed to some 3,000 patients in the past two years. The boxes, which are packed by young adults involved in Friendship Circle, a wonderful organization... I myself was someone involved in years ago, dealing with children and members that have special needs. Programming, activities, crafts are done with them, especially on Sundays. Beautiful, wonderful thing. And all other days. And has become a popular mitzvah project at birthday parties, bar and bat mitzvah celebrations, and sisterhood events. A member of the organization explains that through the packing, people teach their kids about Bikr Chol and visiting the sick and about Shabbat or Shabbos. It's a wonderful tool to teach about chesed and kindness to others. We can even think about the idea of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, which is not even Jewish in nature, I believe. The Make-A-Wish Foundation, as explained by Wikipedia, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization founded in the United States that helps fulfill the wishes of children with a critical illness between the ages of 2 and a half and 18 years old. Make-A-Wish was founded and is headquartered in Phoenix, Arizona in the U.S. The organization operates throughout its 59 chapters located throughout the United States. Make-A-Wish also operates in nearly 50 other countries around the world through 39 international affiliates. In the spring of 1980, seven-year-old Christopher James Gracious, August 13, 1972 to May 3, 1980, was being treated for leukemia. We should never know from such things. He aspired to be a police officer. U.S. Customs Officer Tommy Austin befriended Chris and worked with Frank Shankwitz and officers at the Arizona Department of Public Safety to plan an experience to live Gracious' spirits. Chris spent the day as a police officer, rode in a police helicopter, received a custom-tailored police uniform, and was sworn in as the first honorary public safety patrolman in state history. Gracious unfortunately died soon after, but his wish became the inspiration for the Make-A-Wish organization. There's even a branch in Israel called Make-A-Wish Israel where they explain, Come join us in the fulfillment of wishes for children with critical illnesses between the ages of 3 and 18. Let's transform tears and fears into laughter and joy. Together we can make and give these children their innocence and childhood back. Their website, makeawish.org.il explains that Make-A-Wish Israel is part of an international organization founded in the USA in 1980, which aims to fulfill the wishes of children between the ages of 3 and 18 who are fighting a critical illness. Denise and Avi established together at the Israel branch of Make-A-Wish in 1996 in memory of David Spiro, Denise's brother. The common goal was to fulfill for children suffering from life-threatening diseases, life-changing wishes. Make-A-Wish Israel has been operating since 1996 and has fulfilled over four thousand transformational wishes to children in fulfilling the child's one true wish make a wish strives to provide a powerful 
and life-changing experience, an experience that gives hope, strength, and joy during the most difficult period of their young lives. In many places around the world, doctors treat wish fulfillment as an integral part of the child's care. How unbelievable, how inspiring on some small level. We have to feel what we can do ourselves. What can we do in our small level to be able to fulfill the wishes of those who are sick? Maybe they want their sitter from home. Maybe they would love to use their tehillim or their tefillin or their talis that they forgot to bring to the hospital that's a home. Maybe they need their phone or that really good book that they have on their night table. A little while ago, a couple we know had to rush their baby to the hospital, but they lacked snacks or drinks with them for the unforeseeable future amount of time. So we quickly made a bag, sent over snacks and goodies to the hospital for them via a family member, and that was able to help them, console them, and comfort them on a timely level. You too can help someone who is sick or dealing with a situation on any small level because the possibilities are really endless. H.com points out with author Amuna Braverman, when the Blazhever Rebbe was ill, when the Blazhever Rav was ill, one of his students wanted to come see him. I want to do the mitzvah of visiting the sick, said the young man. The Blazhever Rav was not moved by this request. I don't want to be the object of your mitzvah. I don't want to be the object for your mitzvah, he replied. We're paraphrasing. Only come see me if you really want to come see me. We do have an obligation to visit the sick, and it doesn't depend on our mood. Yet, if we do the mitzvah to satisfy ourselves, our needs, we will inevitably not do it right. Like all commandments of chesed, kindness, visiting the sick needs to be done with sensitivity and thoughtfulness. It is not about acquiring brownie points in heaven. It's about taking care of an ill friend or an ill person. It's about doing a kindness for another human being. It's about trying to figure out what they need, what would be helpful to them. That's why we have guidelines. That's why Jewish law governs these matters. Because we get confused even in the midst of trying to do what's right. Let's say I have a friend in the hospital. You rush into your car as soon as you hear the surgery successful so you can be there to greet her in the recovery room. Are you sure that's what she wants? Are you sure this is the right time? Are you sure you're going with the right intentions at the right moment? She'll be tired. She'll probably look terrible. She may want to be alone. And this applies to males and females. When you come, she may feel the obligation to entertain you. She may feel embarrassed by her condition, again, her or his. She may feel physically wretched. That's why we visit the sick when they want us to come, and not when we want to go. You need to go when they want you to come, not when you want to go. We should inquire ahead of time and not go unless requested. We should adhere to the suggested visiting hours and not convince ourselves that we are exceptions to the rule. If it says that hours are 8 to 9, don't show up at 9.30 because you're the king and I've known him since I was 5 and he won't care. He'll be happy. If it says 8 to 9, there's a reason. Maybe their daily dose of medication is at 9 and then it lights out so they can get the rest that they need. Maybe there's a 100 factors and maybe they're going to help them with their nighttime routine. You can't show up just because you want to when you think you're allowed to when you're not. Our visit is meant to give life to the ill person. If we go when we are not wanted, perhaps when they are tired and in need of rest, we may, God forbid, have the opposite effect. Since our visit is about the needs of the ailing person, we should try to attend to those needs. Is there the kind of food they like in the hospital? Can we stop on the way and pick something up? 
even bringing them their favorite tea, their favorite cappuccino, their favorite smoothie might be something that really just lifts their day. We must still be careful and mindful that it is really the need of the sick person that is being attended to. Is there something we can do on the way to pick them up or pick something up for them? Are they recovering at home and able to cook? Can we bring by dinner? Can we do some grocery shopping for them? Can we send in a list for them? I myself send an email list most times for grocery shopping. It's much faster, much more efficient, and they bring exactly what I need. I send them the list usually Monday or Tuesday, and they usually come Wednesday night. Can someone do the list for them? Can someone send the email for them? Can someone pick up what they need from the list from the store itself? While most of us feel we are good and caring friends, and we step into the breach when needed, we must still be careful and make sure it is really the need of the sick person that is being gratified and not our own desire to feel needed and useful. In addition, while it's easy to visit friends, there are those without family or community who are in even greater need of kindness. One time... You know, my wife had an injury a couple of months ago, a couple of weeks ago, really, and Baruch Hashem, she's doing better day by day by day, but, you know, we had to go and rush to the hospital, we were there a very long time, and we were thinking how sad and how unfortunate it is there are elderly people, geriatric patients that are literally lying down alone for minutes, for hours. Wouldn't it be wonderful if there was an organization, a volunteer organization, that people could be paired up with these elderly patients so they wouldn't have to be alone? so they wouldn't be stuck, stranded, alone. How long does it take for someone to come visit the patient? I don't care if it's Northwell or NYU or Winthrop, different Long Island hospitals. I don't care if it's St. Francis or NYU in the city or Columbia. If a patient is there and they're there alone, it is really difficult for the person. It's extra difficult if they don't have a spouse, they don't have a, a son or a daughter or a relative of any kind or a friend. You know, in their stage of life, maybe a lot of their friends passed. Maybe a lot of the friends are not longer around. How wonderful would it be if we could make an initiative, pair a friend or pair a partner or pair an assistant, pair, pair something, whatever you want to call it, a pair of friends, I don't know, and show a picture of a pair on it, when you could pair people up so that they don't have to be alone, and I'm happy to be involved in the initiative, MaximumTEE7 at gmail.com. Let's get it off the ground. If someone's brilliant and could set it up and has the money, make sure every patient, especially geriatric, especially elderly, or especially someone who's an immigrant or a migrant or he came here doesn't have anyone, let's make sure there's someone for everyone. No one has to be alone in the hospital or, or going to visits of hospitals or whatnot or doctors, especially if they're elderly, elderly. How wonderful would that be? But literally, they were there, and they were alone, and it was so sad. I tried to speak to different people while we were there. We were there seven and a half hours, but really, it's difficult for people, especially when they're elderly, and especially there's no one there. If we could push ourselves to be involved, those who need the kindness, those who need the extra push, if we could push ourselves to visit those who have no one to visit, we've done a particularly important mitzvah. Visiting six strangers is not for everyone, but it's probably not as hard as we think and a lot more welcome. We can help on any small level. We have the power to bring small type of refuah with us. We hold the key, even in turbulent or non-turbulent times, in creative ways to help. H.com points out from Shimon Rosenberg, The excitement began early Friday morning, and as the day progressed, they started thinking about Shabbos. What would they eat? How would they recite Kiddush? How would they light candles? Talking about... 
you know, I think after they had a kid or some other reason they were in the hospital getting close to Shabbos, the author remembered hearing about an organization called Beaker Cholim, which means visiting the sick. It is a volunteer-driven charity that looks after the needs of people in hospitals. He called them, and within a couple of hours, someone came to their hospital room with literally bags of food, grape juice for Kiddush, electric candles to serve as Shabbos candles, even spices for Havdalah. How beautiful. The food is free person delivering it as a volunteer. In the few moments he had to speak with the volunteer, he learned that the volunteer was just a regular guy, an accountant who takes off Fridays from work to volunteer for Beaker Cholim. The author asked him why he does it, and he replied simply that it's what God wants of us. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. Such a simple but helpful thing to do. Such a beautiful thing, a wonderful thing to be involved in. When our own sons had surgery for their tonsils and adenoids a couple of years ago, a couple of summers ago, we went to LIJ Children's Hospital. They were fantastic. I think of two particular instances, besides for the fact that there was a bigger Cholom room in the hospital. There was a family care worker. Of course, I don't remember the, the names years later. And there was a family member who was a family care worker. If you don't know what a family care worker is, I've talked to my wife about this over the years. Very interesting profession. Very interesting type of a job. It's someone that tries to ease the child, the patient, into something that might seem scary or something that might seem more difficult overall. It's basically, if they're going in for a procedure, for an MRI, they're going in to get an IV tube, something they might not have seen before, so they help use play to teach them about what's going to happen, to make it less anxious, to make it less scary. And I'm all for play as an OT by profession. Play is what we do in order to get them involved and find motor things and and sensory-based things. So, of course, this was fantastic. So there was a family care worker who helped play with each of our boys, our older two, our boys, the younger two, our girls, and they each played with each of the boys and explained what was going to happen in the beginning of the process, including putting a fake IV into a toy Spider-Man to show by play what was going to happen. And they also gave toys. She also gave toys and coloring books to our kids, our boys, after the surgery. There was another instance which I thought was fantastic. I mentioned this before. College volunteers who came to cheer, play, and paint with one of my sons. They might have went to the other son, but we each had to take one kid in a different room, which totally lit up his day. They even got him to drink, which he wouldn't do before that point of the day because obviously the throat was so parched and so hurting. And they literally painted a pumpkin with him, even though it was like in August. Still fascinating, wonderful. Baker Cholim can be done in so many ways. Volunteer, play music for children who are sick. Paint with those who are sick. Play with those who are sick. I remember us also talking to a high lifeline volunteer on another occasion when our son had surgery at one month old for pyloric stenosis. When a volunteer came to talk to us, to comfort us, to try to get us to calm down and show that there was a, a loving religious person that was there for us, involved with us. She even brought a Danish for us as well, which was so thoughtful and such a nice small gesture. You know, a lot of times in the hospital, you're hungry. Mealtime hasn't come yet, and you want snacks. You can't find any snacks. What a small gesture, but a kind gesture. We talked about High Lifeline. They do wonderful work to help the sick. Their organization points out on highlifeline.org that they provide a wide range of Beaker Home services, probably one of the largest ones in the region. Their programs and services meet the unique emotional, social, and financial needs of families living with serious pediatric illness or loss. From the time of diagnosis or trauma, they, their professionals and trained compassion volunteers step in to help restore equilibrium, bring joy and hope back into the lives devastated by illness and crisis. 
They have a beautiful children's health support network. They have social, emotional, financial assistance to children with life-threatening and lifelong illnesses and their families through a variety of year-round programs and services. They aim to bring joy and hope to children, to families, and to communities impacts, impacted by serious illness or loss. Their principles are that seriously ill children need and deserve as happy and normal a child as possible. The illness affects everyone in the family. The well-being of the child, the ill child, is impacted by the well-being of the family. Pediatric illness can have a devastating financial effect on the families. They want to help. They want to find ways to bring joy to the lives of the young patients and families through creative, innovative, and effective family center programs, activities, and services. They engender hope and optimism in children, families, and communities. They educate and involve communities in caring for ill children and their families. They provide unparalleled support throughout the child's illness, recovery, and beyond. They offer all services free of charge to make sure every family has access to the programs it needs, and they have compassion, kindness, and caring for others inherent in Jewish culture and life. Again, a few, many, many years ago, when I was younger, not that I'm, uh, you know, 100 years old, we should be zolgat to be 120, but when I was younger, we went to visit children who were sick or recuperating in a pediatric ward of a hospital with my guitar and with others when I was at college on one Purim. I remember playing some simple Jewish songs for the patients, and how their faces literally lit up, brightening their entire day. Such is the power of music, which is God willing Another topic we could talk about, and we've talked about a few times over the years. People can use their creative talents or abilities to help cheer up those who are down or sick. Use your abilities, use your talents, even through Zoom or FaceTime. You can use what you can to brighten those around you, especially if they're elderly, especially if they're sick, especially if they're alone. If you can narrate a story for kids wonderfully, why not read to children who are sick in the hospital? If you're a magician or a clown, why not brighten up their day? If you can play music for them, do so. On a smaller way, if your friend forgot their favorite book, why not bring it to the hospital? If they want their favorite mug or coffee mix, bring it with you. Bring a little slice of home to their hospital room, to their life. We should never know from such things. We should endeavor to involve ourselves to try to do whatever we can to help people, to help others. And therefore, we can bring healing to those around us. The Gemara talks about you have to be careful to go and to help the person in the room in the way they want to be helped. Don't sit on their bed. Don't sit on a bench or a chair that is higher the bed than they are sitting because they might feel inferior. Wrap yourself in a garment. Sit on the ground because the divine presence is above them as Nadarim 40 points out. Don't visit people who are dealing with very difficult things like an eye illness or headaches or intestinal illnesses because they might be embarrassed to be seen in such a state. Nadarim 41a. Shabbos points out 12, one who enters to visit a sick person on Shabbos does not address him in the customary manner from the week. You have to do it in a way that is capable to show that Shabbos itself is, is capable of bringing compassion. May Hashem have compassion upon you and the people of Israel. Do it at a time when you visit them at a convenient time, in a convenient way that they feel safe and comfortable with. Understand, getting 61 points out, understand that we need to be involved in the ways of peace. One can sustain poor Gentiles along with poor Jews because this is a way of peace. Make sure to take care of all of those around us. How do we know that Hashem cares for and aids the sick person? Shabbos 12b, because Hashem will support him on the bed of illness, as pointed out from Tehillim. Baba Metziah 30b is the main, main source for Bikacholim. When one who is a contemporary of an ill person visits him, he takes away one sixtieth of his illness. One sixtieth of his illness. Of course, the Gemara says, can't you send sixty people and then he'll be fully cured? But that's not how it works. The Gemara points out it's on some metaphor. 
physical, metaphorical level, you're taking away some illness, but it's not a magic trick that if you get 60 people to come after each other, that he'll be f- healed magically. You know, there are people, Lola Lena, which never know from such things, people constantly 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 visit 60 people 70 80 90 unfortunately they're in the same condition it's just explaining on some tiny level you're helping them in some way everyone should be involved in bigger cholim shulchan Aruch points out in your day everyone even a prominent person must visit a humble one even many times a day even if it's of his affinity and we should be involved in a way that shows compassion and shows empathy for the person and of course you could visit jews and non-jews in the interest of peace visit everybody the Dharm 39b talks about there's no fixed measure. It's a mitzvah that has no fixed measure. There's no fixed measure for the granting of its reward. It doesn't mean you have to go five minutes or ten minutes or an hour. If there's any ac- excellent aspect that you could go, any small amount of time that you could go that can help them, you should go and you should help them. One of the wonderful, wonderful mitzvahs to be involved in that has no shear and you get the reward in this world and the next world, although you shouldn't do it for the reward. Involved in different things. Even great rabbis would visit Rabbi Kahana, Rabbi Kiva. Different people went to visit and they make sure to do so. So if they can do so, of course, all of us on much, much less levels can do so as well. That comes from the Dharm 40. The Raman points out, it's a wonderful thing to visit the sick, assist them wherever they need, whatever they need. Make sure to do what you can. Even minor things you could do to help them would be wonderful. Don't wear the patient down and make sure to visit them at times that work for them from the Mishnah Torah, the laws of mourning. The Dharm 41b talks about that we want to make sure to visit the person, but if they have an intestinal illness, not to because they're going to the bathroom a lot, they get embarrassed. you got to be doing it in the right way to visit them. Sota 14a talks about that you got to follow in the ways of Hashem. How do you follow Hashem if He's like a burning fire? Do what Hashem does. If Hashem visits the sick, you should visit the sick. If Hashem gives to the needy, you give to the needy. If Hashem does achnas you do achnas You have to follow in Hashem's ways. V'davak Hashem. You know, you know, we have to do what we can to be endeavored to be like Hashem. Mahorachum af atarachum. Just like He is compassionate, you need to be compassionate. Visiting the sick brings good to the world. Avos Rebbein and Asam points out. Mar Shabbos talks about the Elu Devarim Shein Lahem Shir Vekaren Kayamus Olam Haba. One of them, of course, visiting the sick, as we said before, we say it every day in Brachos as well in the morning of the day. We know that Hashem visited Avram. It was on the third day, the most painful day after the bris. Mila, Avram still wanted to have the guest. Hashem didn't want to send it. Avram goes to do the guest. We talked about this because it's even greater than being visited by Hashem. Baba Metziah from 86. Erevin 26 talks about that Yeshaya went to visit Chizkiyahu, established Torah Academy at his door so that people would sit and occupy themselves in Torah outside the room so that Chizkiyahu could hear the Torah and benefit from the Torah and try to be sustained from the Torah. Be involved in taking care of the poor Gentiles and Jews and taking care of the sick Gentiles and the Jews for the ways of peace from Gittin 61 we talked about. You go in the the right time of the day, Nadarim 40 points out, don't go too late in the day, too early in the day, go right in the middle of the day to make sure to be involved in them and to help them in their life. Do what we can to take care of them, make sure they're, they're more comfortable as much as possible. Do what you can to make sure that they're taken care of and they're not in pain as much as you can. Do what you can to alleviate their suffering. Maybe learn with them a little bit. Maybe bring what you can. Do what you can to cause them to feel better. 
do what you can to help them have a little bit of recovery. Do what you can to be involved with them so that they feel a little better, a little better each day in many different ways. Visiting the sick can be done in different aspects, in different ways, in different forums. If you're able to be involved, if you're able to do what you can, use your talents, use your creativity, use your wonderfulness to be involved. You have a great idea. You could make crosswords or puzzles. You should do it. You could do artistry and draw for them. Draw for them. Do what you can. Visit that person at a convenient time. Visit as many people as you can. Understand has no fixed measure. Be endeavored to be like God, to do what God does, also taking care of those who are sick. Learn Daven and do good, good deeds in their merit. Join WhatsApp groups and whatnot to be involved with helping them. Properly time the visit when it's good for them. You can pray with the person, talk with the person, do what you can to help the person find what helps them. Understand that you realize that Hashem is really in control. He is the one that's involved. Maybe make sure to respect the words, wishes, and requests of those who are ill. Don't cause yourself to be involved in things that would make you sick. You have to be properly involved and well and you need to make sure you're healthy so you can take care of others so they could get healthy as well. Having the right habits as well. Habits as well. Torah is always involved to be important. Do what you can to be involved with helping the person arranging meals, items, babysitting, or kids' toys, or whatever you can do to keep everyone involved. There are ways to be involved. There are ways to help. Yes, it might not be my favorite mitzvah. Yes, it might be up there with Nicham Avelim, which is a very difficult mitzvah. But remember, sickness didn't come before Yaakov Avinu prayed for it because it has a purpose. We should never know from such things, but it has a usefulness. Hashem wants it to be that people understand that they could be helped, that they could be moved into another level. If we can understand that when people are in a certain way, we have the ability to help, we have the capacity, we have the need, the achrayas, the responsibility to help. And Hashem brought it to the world for a reason. As Yaakov said, to arrange the affairs, to understand that they could talk to people, be involved in people. Do what you can to be involved with the people around us. It's best to help everyone. Obviously, everyone should be zocha to be happy, healthy, and involved. But be compassionate. Be empathetic. Be involved in being involved in being kaholam. And even if it's too much for you, you could always donate to the organizations that do such great work, like Kids of Courage, High Lifeline, Samar Bikacholim, wonderful, wonderful organizations make a wish foundation, really great people that do really great things. And you, by extension, can help them too. Even donating a couple dollars to help them fulfill their missions. Again, you know, the daily dose of giving, the the ability to be involved in daily giving is a wonderful initiative. One dollar a day, I don't get commission, but it's a beautiful, easy mitzvah to do tzedakah yomi. And many of their organizations are involved in helping those who are unfortunate are unfortunately less fortunate than us, less healthy than us, more sickly than us. You want to be involved in sickly visits, do what you can on some small level to be involved, to help, to do what you can to bring goodness and healing to the world one day at a time, one mitzvah at a time, one aspect at a time throughout your entire life. This has been Tani Talks Radio where we talk a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. Join us same time, same place, God willing, next week here on Tani Talks Radio. And I'm your host, Tani.